This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Jeremy, hi. We are live. Doesn't it feel good? It always feels good to be live with Chris Wilterdink. <laughs> I'm just so grateful we have another chance to hang out and talk um, for our youth worker recharge today. Um, and I, I did a little prep work for today, just so you know. I know we're talking Great. about AI. Yeah, so yes. what I did was I spent some time looking up AI in the Bible. And really all I could find okay. is in the book of Joshua. It's one of the cities that the Israelites attempt to conquer. Um, there was a city, capital A, little I. That's about okay. it in terms of how the Bible refers to AI. So um, instead of talking about the biblical city of I uh, or AI, we're going to talk about AI in ministry because it is one of those kind of emerging things and um, new things make some people nervous, uh, myself included. Uh, I'm usually yes. not one of the early adopters when new technology comes out or when a new device comes out. And this is one of the reasons that I'm very grateful to be able to be talking with you because I know that you are more than willing to be an early adopter of most things. Yes, I am 100% uh, <laughs> willing to be an early adopter. It is my favorite thing. Oh, very um, good. I have been all about the AIs for a long time, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in our conversation, I learned that in theory, so am I right? I, I yes. don't realize quite how much AI there is already happening in my life because I'm not very intentional about it. So for people that are not familiar with AI or artificial intelligence, if you could kind of put it into an elevator speech about what it is and what it gets used for, I think that'd be a great place to start. I, you know what? I think that would be a great place to start. Um, but I wonder if we might get AI to describe itself um, because well, that can out. be really helpful, <laughs> right? So I just, I, I, I asked for a two sentence definition uh, for AI from ChatGPT. So it says artificial intelligence is a field of computer science dedicated to creating systems of capable, and this is really, really complicated. So I'm gonna say, but can you describe it to a five-year-old? Um, Cause that's really where, my comprehension level is. Um, yeah, it says <laughs> AI is like a smart robot computer that can learn to do things like play games, recognize pictures, and even talk like people. It's like having a super helper in the computer that gets better the more it practices. Oh, I actually like that definition quite a bit. Um, a super helper in the computer. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, um, and I, Actually, this is a great example as well, because um, you got a taste of how important it is to be able to give like a good prompt in order oh, yes. for the artificial intelligence to be helpful for you, right? There's a, no, a yeah. whole new field of jobs called prompt engineering. That whole field of like get, finding the right prompts for uh, to give AI uh, is now its own its own thing. That is fascinating that that's a job. Um, although it, it surprised me, right? So, yeah. I mean, in my house, again, going back to like unintentional AI use, um, mm -hmm. 
I do have Apple products in the house, right? So I've got an iPhone. Right. If I was to ask Siri questions, um, Siri is powered by AI of you know one particular yes. kind. We also have Amazon devices in the house, so I can talk to Alexa. Uh, Alexa would be another sort of voice for AI that's out there. Um, right. For people that have not used something like Chat GPT, um, I mean, really, like the the interface is online. It's a website that you would go to, and it's yeah. almost like a conversation partner that you need to be prepared for what you want to talk about and the questions you want to ask. Yes, yes, and no. So there's lots of different kinds of AI. <clears throat> okay. And, um, and so each, each sort of type of AI has its own thing that it's good at. Um, and, and what I think a lot of people get confused with is when you use the term sort of, uh, the term artificial intelligence, right? AI, a lot of people make the leap to what computer scientists, people in uh, in the sort of technology industry call general AI. And general AI is not something that has, that exists. The idea of like an actual artificial intelligence like you see in Star Trek or that movie Her or whatever it is, right? Where it's it's its own intelligence, like, like you and I are in intelligence. Sure. Um, and so, so what's, what's really important is to say like, what is, what are the different things that they're used for? And chat GPT is a perfect example. So chat GPT is text AI, right? Anything that has to do with text and inferences between text-based things, um, ChatGPT is going to be good for. I I read one person um, that uh, that described ChatGPT. So one of the things that ChatGPT does, it's trained on a, a body of information. Um, but when it doesn't have that information, it makes it up, sure. right? Um, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the the person that I was reading says ChatGPT can be confidently wrong. You've got to think about it as like a mediocre white guy, right? <laughs> because that's who it was ask... created and programmed by, isn't that right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, mediocre maybe not, but the uh, <laughs> the other so. This is really important because if you're trying to. Um, if there's a massive body of material of text-based material, um, it can draw from that. If you are talking about something that is very nuanced, um, ChatGPT is not like Google. It's not a search engine that can give you answers to any questions, that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's more of a thing that can generate text based on a body of information. Now, the body of information it has access to is massive, right? But if you're talking really sort of minutia, especially when you talk about, um, I don't know, the Bible, right? Yeah. If you're like, uh, I would like you to write a devotion based on the Nephilim that are mentioned in the story of Jonah, right? All of a sudden you've got, you've taken like the, the material available about the Bible, which is a lot and dialed it down to something that is really tiny. 
and you're going to get just things that are actually wrong. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think each AI, each, each sort of AI system has different things. Um, and so some of them are great at, at audio, some of them are great at video, some of them are great at graphics, some of them do all kinds of really amazing things, but yeah. Why do I, as a youth ministry leader, need to care about AI? Because it can save you a ton of time and it can help you. Um, a lot of youth ministry people exist in churches that don't have a bunch of staff, don't have a bunch of people accessible all the time to like be partners with and brainstorm with all the time. And if you need some ideas for stuff, um, AI uh, can help you. Um, it can also save you money uh, because there are some basic tasks that you might have had to pay a graphic designer or um, or a editor to do that um, that a an artificial intelligence can do. It's never going to be as good as a really creative person, but um, it can it can increase the quality of what you're doing if you were doing stuff yourself, and it can uh, save you money if you were uh, paying people to do stuff. Let me stay in the sort of graphics and imagery um, yes. realm Let's of youth ministry. Do that. Because uh, you and I have been in youth ministry or ministry in general long enough that you probably remember they used to sell books full of clip art, right? Yes. Um, and let's just be like a boomer and explain what that meant. Exactly. By clip art, you actually clipped it with scissors. Yes. You copied the art out of a book. Then you took that photocopy and you scissored it out, yep. the little image, and then you taped it onto a piece of paper that had the text on it that you wanted. And then you copied it and it made it in one piece. That was yeah. what clip art was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, and that's why the term, like you can still find the term clip art, right? In mm -hmm. uh, platforms that we would use now. But yes, that is exactly how we used to make things more like graphically exciting was to make copy physical copies <laughs> of pictures out of these books and then tape them. And then when you'd make the copy, um, sometimes you'd still see like the line of the tape or, you know, like if you didn't, you know, lay it super flat against the copy. Um, right. Yeah. Even, even then, right. Like, there would be copyright questions like who owned yes. that picture who owns you know the way that this looks so let's say that i do start playing around with one of the ai platforms that is great at creating graphics so that i'm mm -hmm. you know creating let's say i'm creating like uh some really engaging instagram or um tiktok announcements or something like that right and i'm okay. getting great. graphics packages from there where do, do you have a good sense for where the copyright of, okay, AI created this thing, my church is going to use it. Are we going to get into some kind of copyright trouble for the artwork or for the imagery that this thing kicks out for me to use? Okay. So each uh, AI platform has its own claims based on copyright. Okay. So um, for example, and, and we can put this as, uh, as a little Easter egg on Facebook. I went into Dolly3, which is part of the same organization that does ChatGPT. And, um, and Dolly, and I said, I would like you to give me an image of Moses and a Wookiee uh, 
uh, meeting and I would like it to say best buds. Uh, uh, and they're standing in front of the Red Sea and it should look like a cartoon. Um, and uh, sort of a, it's a lot of words that you put in a prompt like that. But I did that and it generated this image. This image is now mine. Um, it is not based on other uh, on other things. I own it. I own the for on, on Dolly and ChatGBT. You own what it produces, um, and you can use it however you wish uh, in that paid version. In the paid version of that, now um, the Adobe has something called Adobe Firefly. It is the same kind of thing as Dolly or. Uh, Midjourney, and which are all generative AIs for uh, graphics. Um, uh, the one from Adobe, the Adobe Firefly, right now they do not allow you to use it commercially. So you can use oh, it as right. as reference, but they are, have not gotten to the place where they feel like they are able to claim it's completely original and you own it. And so, um, and part of that is that, so uh, something like Dali has safeguards in it. So if I say, I would like you to make something uh, and in the style of, and I put a living artist's name, um, it won't do it. Oh, okay. right. It will block so, it off. It, it will say, I'm sorry, I can't generate stuff based on people who basically if a person was creating art in it, it has created art in the amount of time that it is still copyrightable. It won't create it in the style of that person. Right. Sure. There are random workarounds and stuff like that for people who are trying to cheat the system. Of course, there's always people who try to hack stuff. But in general, there are places that are sort of like free for all. You can do whatever you want. A lot of times those places say to you, you can't use this commercially um, because we can't, we can't claim that you own the copyright on it. Um, and then there are others that are more detailed often that are for pay that say you can own the copyright to this. Um, as far as the graphics are concerned, same thing with text. Um, and they have controls in there so that you can't generate text um, that is plagiarizing another work. And mm, so, yeah. uh, so, so that's important. And then, and then there's, um, but again, many of these systems allow you to create your own models. So one of the things that can be really helpful for you as a youth pastor, let's just say you want to create a devotional for Advent. You have your however many days you want. If it's once a week, whatever, you, you do your outline of the topics. So you can go into ChatGPT and you can say, ChatGPT, I'm doing an Advent devotional and I want it to come from a progressive Wesleyan theological perspective and be interesting to uh, teenagers. I'm going to give you a sample of my writing style. And then after I do that, I'm going to give you prompts for each of the devotion topics. And I would like you to create a 500 word devotional for each of those topics in the style, in my writing style. Do you understand? Question mark. And then it's going to say, yeah, I understand. This is what you want me to do. Give me that writing sample. Then I can go into my writing pool, copy a huge chunk of my text and paste it into chat GBT. And then it'll say, great, got it. I'm ready. Give me the first topic. Give it the first topic. And it will write 500 words. It sounds 
eerily like your <laughs> voice, yeah. but it will not be written by you. And it will say things that you never would say. Okay. But what can, what it can do is it can generate, you know, 30 devotions for you in the matter of, you know, 15 minutes. And then you paste them into the document, into a document or however it is that you're going to deliver it. And you go back through and edit it. And it's given you some words to start with, like a lot of words to start with in a way that like for people who are not writers and don't enjoy that process, um, it would be excruciatingly tedious. You would never want to do it. Um, but then, but given this thing, just giving it an outline, a sample of your writing, you're like, okay, great. I can do this. I can send an email every day during Advent to my teenagers or I don't know. They don't read email, but I can send them a TikToks. But uh, yeah. So, so, but again, that can save you an enormous amount of time and can get you like started on something that seems like that can seem like an overwhelming task. If you set out to do that yourself, this reminds me of a couple of things. And one of them is, you know, conversations that you and I have had in the past where we talk about how much time it can take to do curriculum development. Right. Yes. Um, and so, you know, this being able to be something that helps you, develop something that can be contextual, mm -hmm. right? Still be in your voice and still be yep. seated, you know, with the ideas for the direction that you want to take some stuff, an incredible tool, right? Um, yeah. I also hear you saying pretty clearly, absolutely still needs review, right? Like do not just oh, yeah. pick stuff <laughs> in and then use whatever happens to come out. Don't send stuff out without looking over it because- Do not. Because yeah. it will be, again, confidently wrong, <laughs> right right like in the ai world it's called hallucinating that's what they call it is it just goes off in these crazy things it starts saying stuff and you're like i i don't know where this is coming from like zortar the astral <laughs> god you're like that's not part of wesleyan theology like that's not a i don't even know what that is um yeah so that's an important thing but so what's what's really helpful so it, that's one thing giving it a model of your of your writing and having it be able to help you produce content is really helpful um another thing that it can do is it can summarize documents for you um and put things into easier to understand language um so let's just say you're going to go on a retreat and they send you a giant contract that is full of legal yeah. words that you don't understand. You can copy that contract, paste it in a chat GPT. Well, you, it actually would say, Hey, I've got a contract. I'm having a hard time understanding it. Can I give you the contract? And then you give it to me in plain language that is understandable. And you could do, you could set an age limit. Like I did at the beginning that she's by a five-year-old or whatever. Yeah. And it'll, it'll summarize that for you. It can be really helpful in that way. Or if you're in the United Methodist church, you can take a big old chunk of the book of discipline and, um, and speed it in there and it will summarize it for you and put it into easier to understand language, which can be incredibly helpful. The other thing that it can do is be a brainstorming partner. Sure. And so like saying like, Hey, chat GPT, I am doing this retreat and it's based on, uh, the life of, I don't know, Peter from the Bible, and I'm trying to come up with some icebreaker games uh, that teenagers would respond to and won't make a big mess. Can you give me a couple of ideas? It'll come up with a couple of ideas. And let's just be clear. Most of the ideas are really stock 
you'll be like uh, bored. And you can also say avoid common ideas. I'd like to see something creative. Or if you if you like have some random resource available to you, like uh, make sure that you employ whipped cream. I don't know. <laughs> sure. And it, it can be helpful and help you brainstorm um, like that. Uh, and then the other thing that can be really helpful is sometimes the less experience you have in youth ministry, the harder difficult conversations and emails and stuff like that can be for you to produce because you haven't lived long enough, had enough experience. And so you can, you can have ChatGBT help you formulate emails. I find this incredibly helpful to me um, where I'm like, I need to say this. I don't want to come across like this or like this or like this, or like this. And I am stumped. Right. Yeah. Uh, and ChatGBT can take your input and give you again, a starting point. And, um, and that is another really helpful thing, but all that is text-based. And so what I say with ChatGPT is um, it's really helpful when you give it param- lots of parameters and potentially content um, that it draws from instead of just it making stuff up. And so doing that and just making sure that you are, you are thinking of it as a tool that you are using like to get you started and not the thing that's making something for you. Sure. And I think that that helps kind of on the ethical side of the conversation, right? In terms of mm-hmm. what's original and what's not and those pieces. Um, quickly for for the email piece, um, this reminded me of a tip that I got when I was was very, very early on in ministry. And it was about like, the time that you give yourself to process before you fire off an email, especially if it's going to be one that's like sensitive or rude or emotional or whatever. Um, One of the prompts that you can use, right. Is like, I would like to say this, but I need it to sound professional or make this sound more professional. Honestly, the combination of new language and the time that you have to calm down while you mm-hmm. put that into something like a chat GPT to get a new version of what you want to say can be really helpful in terms of discerning, does this actually need to be said? Am I coming across, you know, a little too hot or a little too angry about it or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, the other yeah. thing uh, is, is really what it does is it, it helps you create time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we often ask each other in youth ministry or ministry in general, like how are things busy, but good, right? Um, right. The, the AI is going to be one of those things that is not going to threaten your job, right? It is not going to threaten your role as a youth minister. It's not going to threaten your role as a ministry leader in your community. What it does have potential Mm -hmm. to do is to help you rearrange where you spend your time and help you prioritize building relationships, right? Like if you pride yourself on sermon development, message development, curriculum development, those kinds of things, and all of a sudden you're finding yourself with an extra... 10 hours a week, you can now look at, you know, the, the people that you need to build relationships with in your church and say, oh my gosh, I have the time to do that now. Um, I can go have that lunch. I can go have that cup of coffee. I can build relationships with people to reinforce, um, the things that I, I think are important in my context because this tool is allowing me to generate some more time. Right. Um, The other thing is as you're doing different pieces, like there's a couple of there's different tools that you can use. Often they have a uh, uh, a free demo period. Um, but if you're trying to create videos or 
stuff like that. Like there's a there's a great tool called Eleven Labs, which you put text in and it will give you a voiceover. It'll give you an audio file out if you uh, need to have sort of narration over a video that you're doing. There's something called Soundful, which makes uh, music, right? And gives you some like, un, you know, if you need some like sound bed kind of music underneath what you're doing, um, it can is do that, that the kind one of that, stuff. Is that the one that wrote the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey breakup song? I can't remember which one that was. Okay. I just like, this is what brought it to my radar, right? Like it's enough of a pop culture phenomenon that there is an AI out there that could feed it a prompt. And it honestly kicked out a pretty decent Taylor Swift style song in a voice that sounds a lot like hers about her and Travis Kelsey already breaking up as if the song was already done. It's wacky. Yeah. I'm trying to find out. I, I can't remember who this was. Um, uh, I'm trying to find to remember, but I can't. Well, the, can't the point the is that there's so many different ones. <laughs> That's um, right. The, the last question that I wanted to ask, really, you know, it has to do with the article that you published on Resource UMC um, mm-hmm. about using artificial intelligence for your church. Um, you know, what are the big pieces of feedback or questions that you've gotten from what you presented as a part of that article? Because, listen, AI stuff is very much on the cutting edge uh, of you know, how we think we're going to integrate it into ministry right now. But right. the fact is, it already is in a whole lot of ways. We just have to get yeah. more personal about it. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one of the best uses of AI for me is uh, marketing stuff. So if you're trying to create ads and you need like a tagline, you need like the description and you're trying to get it to resonate with a certain audience, man, just putting that kind of stuff in to chat GPT is really helpful. And that's like the immediate thing. Like if you're trying to promote something, you're trying to come up with a text and you're like, I don't know, this just doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> you can throw it in and say, make that sound more exciting to teenagers, right? Make like, atonement more fun. Right. Or you're like in the thing, you're like, this is good, but like, this sounds like teenagers. How do I say this to parents? <laughs> <laughs> Man, spectacularly good. I'm sure that this is not the only conversation that we will have related to AI. Um, Whether your initial reaction is a little bit nervous about it or unsure or super excited, um, this does seem to be one of those things that is going to stay, right? Like, just like, man, uh, we we don't use VCRs or DVDs all that much anymore, right? We've gone completely. This This is one of those things that has the potential to revolutionize where we spend our hours in ministry. So Jeremy, yeah. thanks for the early on conversation related to AI. Thanks to those of you who watch live on Facebook. Um, we do this every Monday and uh, we call it the youth worker recharge because we know after a week of ministry, it's important to fill back your cup up a little bit um, to have a few laughs, maybe have a few uh, deep thoughts in the midst of processing things. Um, Jeremy, always a pleasure and uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. Yeah, we'll see you then. 